This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings, the first show of April. Hope you had a nice April Fool's Day. No fooling. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Let's get into it and see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. First, let's get the NASCAR update out of the way. The Xfinity Series kicked off the weekend at Richmond Raceway with a dramatic finish between teammates John Hunter Nemechek and Ty Gibbs. Gibbs moved Nemechek not once, but twice in the final lap and route to the win. Then on Sunday, a couple of the old dogs showed the young kids a new trick. In fact, Denny Hamlin's team used a new tire-changing method and a little bit of luck to get him up front. Hamlin went on to win in front of another old dude, Kevin Harvick, to uh, end uh, what was a drought of 12 races for drivers over the age of 30. Under the age of 30. Well, yes. Well, that was ending (laughs) ending the streak. Oh, the drought. Yes. See, it's all a play on words. Elsewhere, Chris Madden pocketed over $200,000 at the Bristol Dirt Nationals, where, as Kenny Wallace mentioned, there might have been 12 people there this weekend. Uh, He he won on Friday, plus the $100,000 points championship, so Madden living large here this week. And finally, Brent Marks proved his early season speed was no fluke after Saturday's World of Outlaws 30-lap Texas Outlaw Nationals at Devil's Bowl Speedway. Donnie Schatz, Brian Brown, James McFadden, and Jacob Allen rounded out the top five. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. A massive jam-packed show tonight because, Rich, we get to talk about racing from the weekend, and we're going to talk to a race winner from over the weekend the race season's here. It's underway. I'm Jazz Hands. Yeah, Zach, and, and what was cool about this is my first story, I was able to watch both, not attend both these, right? But I was able to watch them both, and I'm really proud of these two people. So let, let's get right into it. We got to get rolling tonight. Uh, to get us started, Zach, we need to give a big shout-out to Dryden, Michigan's Katie Hettinger. Why? Well, three, three solid performances. That's right. On Saturday, three events she raced in. At Hickory Motor Speedway, she knocked off two podium finishes in the late model stock, 40-lap double features. And then to back that up, Zach, she closed out the night with a fourth-place finish in the Carolina Pro Late Model Series 100-lap feature event. So great job this weekend by Katie. And, Zach, also another shout-out to a friend of the program, Borden, Indiana's Cole Williams, who went flag-to-flag for the win in dominating fashion in the 118-lap Pro Late Model Season opener at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway on Saturday. Zach, uh, you were there. By the way, great job, you and John Nix on the call. Um, but you got to tell me, was it as dominating in person 
as Cole made it look on TV. I have never been so quiet through a race of 100 laps or more in my career. That was one of the most dominating performances I'd ever seen. Uh, and it was interesting, Nashville Fairground Speedway utilized a new lineup procedure uh, on Saturday. The top eight drivers, Rich, went to a redraw, which we're very familiar with on the dirt side of things. And I got to tell you, Chase Johnson set a new track record and qualified on the pole. Cole Williams, though, draws the pin and runs away with this thing. The one instance, the one time where I look at this and go, I kind of would have liked Cole Williams to keep his original starting spot and make him race through a couple of spots because he put on a clinic. The only time he ever had a breath of problems was Dylan Fecho barely jumped the start on the final restart. Good call by race control. You heard it in my call on the race. I didn't know if it was going to stand. Race control said you got to give the spot back. And that was all she wrote. Fetcho, uh, Fetcho finishes second. Cole Williams goes on to win big. It looked to me most of the race Cole could pull away when he wanted to, and he could just hold his distance between Fetcho. You know, keeping Fetcho five car lengths back most of the time, that's the way it looked. But the big thing on the restarts, uh, Cole was flat out, I'm going to say it, a badass on the restart. That's right. Nobody could run with Cole on the restart. New restart zone, by the way, for Nashville this year. They've got a box coming out of four. No more rolling start through turns three and four and trying to keep it even. They're going to go to the box in four, and then if the leader doesn't go, second place uh, outside pole can jump. And I think Fetcher was trying – you know, Williams was playing games, and Fetcher was trying to, you know how that works, time it out, and uh, race control caught him, and he had to give the spot back. But nice job by Cole Williams. Talked to him earlier in the day. He's really excited. They're running for a championship with Rackley Racing Development. Yeah, you and John did a great job, made the race real enjoyable. Fantastic. Let's talk about something else that's going on in our region. The Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stocks kicked off the 2022 point season with the Cabin Fever uh, at uh, Newcastle, or I'm sorry, at uh, Ohio's Shady Bowl Speedway. It was Newcastle, Indiana's Jason Atkinson who went to victory lane much like he did the entire 2021 season. Uh, the win was not easy, though. Atkinson had to fight back after losing the lead and then hold off a charging local Josh Smith. The win was Atkinson's series-leading 17th all-time with the Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stock Series. Uh, Austin Maynard, who we know from around this area, grabbed the lead early at the drop of the green flag, uh, and then Maynard's lead lasted just one lap as Atkinson got to the front. A couple of incidences uh, throughout the race, but it would be Atkinson who would cross the stripe out in front and pick up the win by just a half a second over Smith. Zach, after a very successful 2021 season campaigning a street stock, Brock Gannis looks to add the six-race reveal the Hammer Tour to his 2022 schedule. The Constantine, Michigan native has signed on to get behind the wheel of an outlaw super late model as a teammate to Adam Terry from the potent GT product stable. When asked about his expectation, expectation for his initial run in an outlaw car, Brock noted, I want to complete every lap, stay out of trouble, and bring the car home in one piece. No DNFs. Uh, Gannis uh, is, of course, the son of Jeff Gannis, one of the best drivers to ever come out of our region. The second season of the Reveal the Hammer Tour will begin in just over a month with the first round on Friday, May 6th 
at the Birch Run Speedway. And uh, I think it would be, uh, Rich, maybe in our interest to try to get Brock on the show here in the next week or so to see what his thoughts are about that. Let's go back to uh, Shady Bowl Speedway because it wasn't just Street Stocks who kicked off the point season. The Vores Welding, CRA late model sportsman, also participated in the cabin fever at Shady Bowl, Cedarville, Ohio's Ryan Fleming got his first career Vores Welding late model sportsman victory. He led the last 40 green flag laps to grab the win over Brad Coons and Chad Pendleton. Now, Pendleton grabbed the early lead at the drop of the flag. Two early cautions wiped out the first two attempts at the start after Fleming drew a five for the event's invert start. He earned the All-Star Performance Fast Qualifier Award earlier in the day. Caution flew again after one lap when Matt Maurer went around in turn four. And then on a third restart, things really shake out again. Final 40 laps went to Fleming. He goes on to victory in that one. So a great event for Shady Bowl, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up in our interview with Glenn Luckett. Well, it's finally time as we roll the calendar into April to start talking to the race car drivers who've accomplished something over the weekend. And uh, Rich France, it's also time for our annual meeting with this guy. So let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, we haven't talked to him, I think, Zach, since uh, after he picked up $33,000 last year. Uh, at the Wood Tick, so he's been a little bit busy since then. It makes his home in McClure, Ohio. Rusty Schlank, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me, guys. I don't, I don't think I'd say I accomplished much this weekend, other than seeing how hard I could hit the wall. But other, <laughs> other than that, uh, oh man, be too bad. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna bring that up at some point. I didn't expect it to be the first thing we talked about, though. <laughs> I was gonna bring up the other part of the luck, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Hey, si- since we haven't talked to you in a while, Rusty. Um, Let's go back to the beginning of the year. You you know, uh, you had a, a tough time at the beginning trying to get race cars set up, and you had a, a loss very close to you, which really um, is a lot behind why you got this scheme on your car here for 2022. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, – it wasn't, wasn't just me that lost him, man. It was uh, – I think the whole world – the whole racing world was affected by that one, man. I think CJ, CJ has – affected everybody in our sport in one way or another you know what i mean if uh if you hasn't if you weren't directly affected by him you were you were indirectly affected for sure man he's had his hands in a little bit of everything and uh his his legacy is is pretty deep in this sport so uh i've, I've known him for a long time i raced for him for a lot of years it was, it was definitely a it was definitely a tough one um especially because it was so unexpected i didn't even know about it so um to, to have to hear about it uh have to hear about it on uh via phone call or on facebook uh, a couple hours after it happened kind of sucked i wasn't was not prepared for that one talk talk to me and because you mentioned this too that's you know so many people dealt with cj in, in so many different ways but i want you to and you mentioned you raced for him for so long what was your relationship like with him uh, I mean, it, it, it was, it was good for sure. It was, uh, there, there was a lot of us though, that it, it had such a good relationship with CJ over the years. He just, he, he helped a lot of people that, that, that I think that was CJ's whole purpose was, uh, in life was just to, uh, he always, he always had a, uh, a soft spot for the little guy. You know what I mean? If, uh, the, the underfunded, uh, um, the, he, he didn't cater to the big teams. He catered to the little guy. Um, and that's kind of why we got along so well is, I pretty much, uh, I, I, I grew up, uh, relying, relying on CJ's help with these race cars. I didn't have, I didn't, didn't have a pot to piss in. You know what I mean? I was, uh, uh, I was grateful for everything CJ did to me. So, um, I, I drove for him for a lot of years and through the thick and the thin and, uh, everybody bailed on him. And, uh, it, at one point, and I think I was the only one that actually stuck around and, uh, 
and prove that we could still win races with this stuff. So uh, we had a we had a really good relationship, right? Even even after uh, he quit building cars and I I took it over and started building my own. Um, I mean, we kept in touch pretty much uh, every every couple weeks. We would talk, and um, I'd run ideas by him, and he'd uh, he'd cuss me out and tell me I was doing it all wrong, and <laughs> I'd go do it anyway. So <laughs> well, and two, I wanted to go back to what. What led you to C.J. Rayburn? Uh, I mean, you obviously started out up here as the Jackson Assassin, right? And you were you were dominating in everything you were running in, and then you get into that late model career. What was the gravitational pull to him? Um, actually, I started uh, I started racing one of his cars. It was uh, we broke our car one night at Oakshade, and um, a buddy of ours that raced up in Canada. Um, he jumped out of his car and he didn't make the feature and. He let me, he let me, uh, jump in the, in his car as an older Rayburn and started at the tail of the field. And I think we came up and ran third or fourth that night from, from last after taking a provisional. So, um, it just, I was like, holy crap, man, these things are good. And that was, that was the first time I'd ever sat in a Rayburn. And I mean, I'd known of CJ. I was, I was young. I think I was 17, 18 years old back then, maybe, maybe even younger than that. Um, but, uh, that, uh, that next year we decided to call CJ and, and, and we got a car, um, got our first chassis and put it all together and he helped us quite a bit with that he didn't know who he didn't know who i was from adam i mean he he just uh he just wanted to help us out we were uh, like i said he's, he'd always help the low budget guys and um he helped us out pretty good price wise on the chassis and a lot of parts to put it together and we went out that first year and won a bunch of races with it and we actually won the oakshade championship which uh they were giving away a free rayburn chassis for winning the championship so when we won the championship at Oakshade, we ended up getting another free car that next year. And the spring just kind of continued. We, we won a bunch of Oakshade and, and ALMS championships and they gave away free Ray Burns. And, um, it, uh, it just, it just worked out that, um, we, uh, we, we raced for him for up until 2010. And then we took a couple year break. Uh, him and I kind of got into it and, <laughs> uh, butted heads a little bit. So we needed a breather. As, one, one as the best direction. relationships will do, right? The best relationships. Sometimes you got to see, uh, <laughs> once in a while, how you butt heads, right? Yep. Yep. And then we got back together in oh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And, um, no, it's more than that maybe six years ago now. And then, uh, we, we won a whole bunch of races together and uh, before he passed. Rusty, a year ago, I was able to hang out with you guys at the wild west shootout. I wasn't able to make it this year, but that was the race. You unloaded that race car and I was watching on TV and everybody, uh, boy, that thing was a big hit out there. Wasn't it? It was for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, that's what, uh, that's what gave us the motivation to get the thing ready. We weren't, uh, that week leading up to it, we still weren't sure if we were going to go. Um, then I heard the CJ passed and it was, uh, there was, there was no turning back at that point. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to do this deal for CJ. And, um, that just gave me the motivation to get this car done and, uh, and get a, uh, get a Rayburn scheme put on it. So we could, uh, we could give him a little bit of tribute there, uh, the week after he passed. So you, you go out there, you come back, um, you know, that was probably an up and down week for you. I think you could probably say, uh, you come back, uh, you run with the Southern all-stars have a pretty decent run down there. Um, how did you think your season was going to go at that point? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's like any other season. We don't. Uh, I, I take it one race at a time. I don't. Uh, I try not to. Uh, I try not to judge anything off of the first few races of a season. You just never know, man. You can you can get on a hot streak and win a bunch, and and then your season will go to hell in in July and won't pick back up again until the next year. You just never know, man. I, I go one race at a time, and I knew when we unloaded down there, we we were a little underpowered. I was borrowing an engine um, to to go out there. I was on a borrowed motor that was a little under horsepowered, so. We ran. I mean, we were a, we were a competitive top ten car every night. That was that was kind of what I expected out there. Car was good. We learned a lot with the the brand new chassis that we just built. That was the the first race we had on it. So um, we uh, we learned a bunch and kind of carried that over to the the last few races. And we've been been progressively getting better. We went down to Georgia and ran a customer's car and uh, almost shoot. We uh, I think five or six more laps. We'd won that ten grand down there at Screvin and or. Uh, yeah, yeah, Screvin, I believe is where we were. Um, and then we went to uh, Clarksville a couple weeks ago and come out of the box, qualified fast time, ran second and ran fourth in the big show. Um, had uh, had a bunch of good cars there, so we were we were pretty competitive everywhere we've went this year so far. I want to go back to the current scheme on the car real quick uh, with the tribute to C.J. Rayburn. For those who haven't seen it, basically a plain white wrapper with uh, with some, some vinyl uh, lettering on it. Why was that the scheme that you used to uh, – to, was there anything special about that specific simplicity or, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, that was just uh, – I, I honestly, I got on uh, – right when I heard that C.J. had passed, I got on Google and – started looking up pictures of his car and um i just kind of found the most iconic cj rayburn car that i could that i could find i mean this was uh this is kind of the scheme he ran for years just a plain old uh plain old blue blue decals nothing fancy um he was cj was always that that type of person he didn't want anything flashy he just kind of kind of plain and right to the point and uh i think this uh this rap pretty much uh, pretty much summed up every everything cj was about what a far and cry different uh, scheme than the pink '91 used to represent. <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been fun to see you in this car, man. And, and as you mentioned, you kind of alluded to uh, a lot of people, and Rich mentioned this too. A lot of people are enjoying this, and now it's fun to see you go places and see the fans in the stands recognizing that that's a that's a Rayburn tribute car. How much are you getting? A lot of people that are coming up to see this car that don't know who Rusty Schlenk is that are just like, man, this is a cool car. This is really cool what you're doing. I, a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, people that know who we are, people that don't know who we are. I'm just, uh, there, there's a whole lot of people. I, even at Tyler County last week, I bet, I bet 10 or 15 people walked up and just said, thank you. Yeah, that, that's wow. the biggest thing is, uh, um, it, not, not necessarily that they think the car is cool. Uh, they just, they just appreciate what we did. I mean, I, I've, I've got so many thank yous for this deal and I, and that's not why we're doing it. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the, I wasn't expecting the thank yous and the, and the hugs and in the tears and all that crap. I was, uh, I was, I was more just, uh, it, it, it was one of them deals where it was just kind of my tribute to CJ. And, uh, I wanted to, I've, I've always tried to carry the CJ one when I was racing for him. We had, we've, we've had a CJ one on there. I, I mean, I, I drove the CJ one for quite a few years there and I've always had a, tried to work in the CJ on there somewhere, but, um, uh, with, with him not being here, it was, uh, I mean, it just felt right. I, I knew there wasn't, uh, there wasn't anybody else out there that was gonna, gonna have the ability to, to go out and put a whole new wrap on it and, and and send him out in in style so we just uh we just went ahead and did it and got way more publicity and and uh thank you than what i what i ever could imagine that we would have got rusty we we've, we've kind of hung around you the last several years right and i mean with this scheme 
and, and everywhere that you're going to go this year. And we know how emotional you are on both ends of the spectrum, right? You're, you're as high as you are in one end as the other. How are you going to handle this all year running that car? Or are you going to change the back? <laughs> or are you going to well, change it up a little bit? No. Um, I mean, that's, uh, it, it about brought tears to my eyes the other night when we, when we won that deal at Tyler County, it was just a local show and, um, it was shoot. It almost had me choked up just, just standing there staring at it in victory lane. But, um, no, we're actually, uh, I'm only going to run this thing until his, uh, we're, uh, we got to run his, uh, memorial race. Um, actually I don't, we may not run this again until his memorial race, uh, here. I think it's the, uh, Sunday, I think it's Easter Sunday in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to, that's going to be the last race on it. We're going to run this for his memorial race. And then I'll be back to my, uh, I'll be back to the, the, the gaudy flashy pink 91. <laughs> hey, so. Nobody in this show said gaudy. <laughs> nobody said gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and let's talk about Tyler County because you did pick up the win over the weekend. Um, and you came right out of the box saying, uh, number one driver to stuff it in the fence on lap two, uh, or was it even the opening lap? Maybe I, I I can't remember. But you hit that thing a ton, man. I watched the recap and I thought, well, he's toast. There's no way he comes back and wins this thing. <laughs> you are proof that yeah, you, you are proof that <laughs> luck is a big part of this game that we play. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I had uh, I had already wrote it off uh, when he when he when he hit me there getting into one. He he didn't get me hard. Um, and it was one of them deals. I don't think he was intentionally trying to hit me. He was just trying to squeeze me and, and not leave me any room getting into one. But he, when he, when he turned into one, he tail whipped me with his quarter panel in my left front and it just, it just turned the car right. I didn't, I was just along for the ride at that point. I mean, I've, that was, that was the hardest I've ever hit the wall and not had to get towed off the racetrack. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> you stuffed that thing in the guardrail. And I, when you turned left down the hill and put it back on the bars, I thought there's no way he's making turn three. I, th- I thought he. I thought when the caution came out that he was the caution. That's right. I didn't. I didn't, I, I didn't know there were two other cars sitting down there in turn one on the bottom. Yeah, you and me both. I, honestly, I thought the caution was for shit falling off my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, I, honestly, when I uh, you you guys have you've been around me enough, you 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 know where my temper goes, and in, in places like that, I got a lot. I got a lot involved in what we do, and in uh, uh blood sweat and tears in this so when when people do dumb dumb stuff like that and it costs me a lot of money i get pretty emotional so my honestly my first thought was well this thing's junk i'm gonna make sure that guy doesn't finish the race either but <laughs> <laughs> now what now um, what was the car be- i mean did it bend a tie rod or anything or did you just yeah like, did you just... it got it got the spindle uh i got a spindle it bent a couple wheels um i haven't uh i haven't looked through it completely yet i mean honestly we just rolled it off the trailer so okay uh, bumper nose was bent way up. I mean, the arrow was terrible. It was, it was a handful to drive. I'm pretty sure the right rear axle tube's bent just by the way the rear end's looking. Um, the right rear tire's not facing the way it should be. So, yeah, I'm telling uh, you, man, you I, hit there, it a definitely ton. some stuff bent. Yeah. But after that, ton. but after that, you got to admit, you had a pretty strong second place car right up until the leader broke. Yep. Yeah. We were, we definitely weren't going to win it. Um, I mean, honestly, I was, when we went back green, like I, I under caution, I kind of felt the car out. I'm like, man, I better keep my calm and, and not do anything stupid. Cause I think I can still run this thing. Like it was, everything felt like it was going the right direction and nothing was wobbling. And I'm like, man, I, it, it don't feel quite right, but I think, I think we still got a shot to run up front. So <laughs> they gave me my spot back. And, um, honestly, I kind of expect to, to drop like a rock with the, as hard as I hit the wall, but, uh, the, the, the 57 car, 
car got around me there and kind of took off. And um, once he kind of showed me the line around that place, like I said, that was the first time I'd ever been there. So I had a lot to learn. And once he showed me the line, I started running his line. And then we started running lap times right with him. Um, I, I don't think I'd ever got back around him by any means unless we got in lap traffic and I got lucky. But um, when he uh, he got into lap traffic there and hit the wall real hard and took himself out of the race. So at that point, we... Uh, we kind of sailed to an easy victory, but he had it. He had it wrapped up until then. First time down there, that place looked pretty fun too. A little banking looked like it had a couple different lines you could run. Uh, looked looked like a nice little place. Yeah, I've uh, it's been a bucket list track of mine for years, and uh, we finally had a weekend where everything else had canceled and we had nowhere to go. So they were the only UMP track I think within about eight hours, and I think them and Peebley were the only ones running. Now you mentioned uh, so. no no place to go. We 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 uh, took a run at you today on our Facebook page, and I don't think that everybody caught what exactly we were doing. But we called you the low budget racer uh, because y- <laughs> you you threw it back not only with the uh, the wrap on the car, but you threw it back in how you got to the races. And I I got to know what was that about? Was that a uh, was that a uh, throw a nod to the paint scheme, or was that a nod to current political office status i mean what, what was that about it, it was it was all of that and some more put in a bucket and there you go <laughs> it just kind of overflowed um no we uh that's probably how you're going to see me a lot this year um i'm just uh, i'm i'm not uh, i'm not running a full season with with tyler with my old car owner anymore i'm going to run a, a few select races with him he kind of wanted to scale back and he sold the toter home and all that stuff um so i'm back on my own this year for the most part um I'm going to run his stuff uh, at, at some select stuff, probably I-96 and some of the bigger tracks where I don't have enough motor. I'm, I'm back in my old, uh, I'm back in my old motors, my old low horsepower uh, motors that you've, you're used to seeing me in for the last 15 years until I got with Tyler. So um, I just uh, trying to do this on my own again. I gotta, I've got to kind of pinch my pennies and, and, and get there. We, I bought, found this motor home fairly cheap and, um, got a just wanted i can't i can't pull anything too big with it so we decided just to, to borrow an open trailer until i can get one built i'm probably just going to build my own and try to make it ec- economical enough where i can afford to get up and down the road and um these uh these biden fuel prices <laughs> i don't know how any of us are going to afford to race so well and i was gonna uh, I, I, try to I, I wanted to ask you about that too is is uh you know we're gonna have uh, coming up later on in the show, we're going to have Glenn Luckett, the uh, the competition director with Champion Racing Association. Obviously, that's on the pavement side. We're going to ask him about the cost of racing, and so I want to get it from the driver's side. You know, you've always rolled in uh, in nice equipment as long as I've known you as a racer. Um, and so now you got to look at that. Hoosiers up the prices twice here in the last couple of months. Uh, gas prices and fuel prices, of course, are where they're going to be at for a while. Uh, are you looking at this and really making strategic changes to your schedule? based on what you're going to have to do economically oh yeah i mean honestly schedule wise i'm trying to i'm trying to be able to do this and keep the same schedule you know i mean i still want to i still want to get up to michigan and and run a lot of the bigger pain shows up there i don't know if i'll do the whole all-star deal there um the challenge series but i want to do a lot of it it's not all of it um i want to i want to get out and do a lot of the summer national stuff i mean i still want to be able to run the same schedule that i'm used to but I can't do it at the at the the level that we were doing it. I we we can't afford to to roll up and down the road in our our big truck and trailer and two cars and two motors and all this. So I've really got to I got to go back to how I started racing um, back when I back when I ran a little more local and and, and did it all out of my pocket. We're I just got to go back to the to the basics, man. I gotta I gotta pinch my pennies and 
and do this as economical as possible, I'm going to have to stretch my tires a little farther than we ever have, which is a little more work on our end, grinding and grooving and, and regrooving and regrinding. And, um, it's, it's going to be a lot of work on our end to, as race teams to try to make this, to try to make ends meet because Hoosier, I think the last time we bought Hoosiers at the track, they're $230 a tire now, um, yeah. compared to the 150 we could get them at a couple years ago. So it's just, uh, barrels of fuel are way more. I mean, aluminum, uh, I think uh, before Biden got in office, I was buying aluminum for 60 bucks a sheet, and I just got my last order in. I think my cost on it's 100 bucks a sheet, and I buy, I buy $100,000 worth of aluminum a year. So uh, I can't imagine what other people are paying. <laughs> yeah, man. Rusty, I got to ask you, you know, let, let's go back and talk about this All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. Obviously, you won the wood tick last year, biggest dollar amount win in your career, right? Um, now, this year... Mike buys Thunderbird and adds I-96, which you have always loved to go to and you're very, very successful at. Um, you got you got to be looking forward to this challenge series. I am, definitely. Um, I'm definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to it. That's the biggest reason I'm trying to make all this work. I got this motor home in the, in the open trailer. I need somewhere to stay. Uh, I'll try to make it uh, so I don't have to buy hotel rooms and this and that because um, I'd, I'd like to get up there and run those uh, – those good paying weekends like we were before. Um, but if I've got to buy hotel rooms and, and pull around in my enclosed trailer and all that, I just, I don't know if I'm be able to afford it. So we're going to, we're going to try to make it work with what we've got here. And we might, uh, we might look like the low, the, the low dollar guy, uh, coming in in the, in the open trailer. But, uh, as long as I've ever raced, I've never won a feature. I got 250 some feature <laughs> wins and not one of them was ever driving a trailer. So that's right. Uh, we, we should be okay. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you though, and I know you probably could experience this a little bit in the toter home, but, uh, your wife posted a picture of, uh, your sons up front in the, in that toter home. Uh, I believe it was Colin was driving and, um, how much fun was that kind of that scaled back, just family experience at the races this weekend? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's kind of my whole goal for this year is just to, to be able to include everybody. We can, we can go race and we can go have fun. Um, we got this camper. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to bust ass to Michigan and uh, drive all night and race and drive all night back to get home. So we don't have to get hotel rooms and, and this and that I can, uh, we can, if we want to stay up in Michigan and go drive up to the UP for a couple of days and hang out in our camper, we can do it. It's, it's kind of what this is all about is, is trying to race and have fun and include the family and try to get those, those, those two are both racing now. So I got to, I've, I've got to teach them the ropes. They got to learn how to drive the hauler and work on the cars. And, um, if, if they're going to, if they're going to do this, like I did, they're going to, they're going to have to get involved too. So. Yeah, Rusty, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. You did a little bit of testing with a new driver before the winter. Um, how did that work out? And and I, I imagine you're gonna have him over at Oakshade when that opens up, right? Oh yeah, we got his car about ready again. Um, he'll be running the Sportsman class. Uh, we've already kicked around a little bit, uh, depending on what car counts do and and how he's uh, how he's advancing as a driver. We may we may throw him throw some big tires on that thing and let him run a few late mile races towards uh, the end of the year. I didn't know. I didn't think that would take long. I did not think that would take long. <laughs> have have <laughs> no, the big tires on standby at all times. And... <laughs> I'm, sure that, I'm sure that's the first thing that mom wanted to hear. Oh God. She, she threw a fit as soon as I said it. He's only 11. I said, honey, he'll be 12. It's fine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is right. He's almost a teenager. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Yep. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. He's, uh, 
I think he's got more talent right out of the box than I did. Um, he, he's, he showed a lot of car control and I mean, his first two races, he was, he was running top five with the guys at Oakshade and, wow. uh, ran second both nights out in his heat race and, and top fives in the feature. He was, he, he was, uh, he did way better than I anticipated for his, for his first couple of times driving a full size car. And he only got one practice night in it. We took him to Oakshade on a, on a Sunday and he got one night practicing and then he went racing and, and pulled off, uh, I think he ended up finishing seventh the first night. He would have ran third or fourth, but uh, had a rookie mistake there. And the second night, he ended up running fifth. So he, uh, he impressed the shit out of me, I can tell you that. Now, let's get an update if you can give us one. Uh, so that's that's what we're expecting out of the youngest. What are you looking forward to for uh, uh, Colin this year? Well, my goal with that one is just to keep his ass behind me. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he beat me once last year. Um, he, uh, he beat us at Oakshade one night. Uh, he won and I ran second to him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of as a, as a father, uh, a, a stepfather to him. I mean, it's, uh, it's, that's a huge deal for me to, to not only see my kid win, but, but to be following him across the line when he did it, you know what I mean? That was, uh, that's a pretty big deal for me. Um, I'm sure it won't be long, and the other one will be doing the same thing. So uh, the uh, the big one, I uh, I don't. Uh, he's 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 already surpassed most most all of our expect expectations too. He's uh, he's a heck of a little wheel man. So um, I don't. Uh, he don't. He doesn't have too much more learning to do. He can already run up front with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, Colin's probably getting a little antsy. If we could ever get Attic open, right? He'd probably be pretty happy. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was just in the house. We we're just in there eating dinner, and he was uh, he was complaining about not being able to race again this weekend. It looks like because it's uh, the weather looks so crappy again. So he's uh, he's already he's already moaning and complaining in there that he doesn't get to go again. So <laughs> he's definitely chomping at the bit. Rusty, we've talked about the the uh, price tag attached to racing, and uh, you know I think that we we probably do you dirty on uh, on this opportunity because you are so successful in the sport. But uh, who is it that makes it possible for you to unload at the racetrack every weekend? Oh man, oh, everybody. Um, we especially this year, man. I've had a had a bunch of people step up and and help us try to get back and get our own deal going again. All my product sponsors and All Star Performance. Uh, Oh man, Tom Finch Automotive, uh, Bill Steen Shocks, uh, VP Race Fuels, Dominator Race Products, uh, oh, Velocity Fire Suits. They're a, they're a huge part of what we do. Um, to which your wife posted a closet full of them this week. I love that picture, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely uh, they definitely keep me looking good. Um, CNT Services, um, Chris Mapes, he helped out a bunch. Uh, got us some tools to get get rolling this year um just man everybody everybody on the car i know i'm missing people i don't have the car to sit here and look at but there's just uh, willie's carburetors um mullins race engines they're gonna hopefully they're they're way behind on parts so we're, we're running our old motors for now but hopefully we can have a have a new mullins power plant in this thing here in a, in a few weeks to uh be able to run around at some of the some of the other tracks a little more than than with this this old motor we got here but um and just man everybody that helps out on this thing it's uh we all kind of rallied together this year to get our stuff up and going again. And, uh, we've only got one car and, and one engine as of right now. So we're going to have to, we gotta, we gotta try and keep it in one piece for as long as we can. <laughs> well, Rusty, we always uh, appreciate you making time to chat with us. Congratulations on the win over the weekend. And we're looking forward to seeing you, uh, at the end of the month, hopefully at I-96. I know you said maybe, but I don't think you'll be able to stay away. We're looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, I think we're going to be there. Um, that's the sound. We're, uh, Tyler, my, my old car owner there, that, that we're gonna, like I said, we're going to run part-time for him. I think that's going to be our first race back in his car. So 
I plan on being there in Tyler's car, um, Buckeye Concrete Coatings car there. He's uh, He's been pretty good to us the last few years, and he's going to stay on board a little bit and, and help help us run some of them big shows that we're not quite prepared for yet. So we're, awesome. we plan on being there. That's the, that's the goal. Cool, man. Well, we'll come say hi. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yep. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Well, as always, a great conversation with Rusty, and, and this is the fun part about Horsepower Happenings if you're new here. We're dirt and pavement, man. So, Rich, it's time to flip the coin, go to the asphalt side of things, and uh, also we're going to trade in our fire suit for our headset and our polos. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, we, both of us actually, throughout the season, get to work with this gentleman quite a bit, uh, and it's a privilege to do that. He is the series director for uh, Champion Racing Association, uh, makes his home in Salem, Indiana. Glenn Luckett, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Man, Glenn, first of all, let's start back at the beginning of the year, back the end of January. Um, <clears throat> big news came out. Uh, Track Enterprises, Bob Sargent, purchased uh, Champion Racing Association from, from you and, and R.J. Scott. Um, kind of talk about that, and, and how long was that in the works? Uh, quite some time. It actually probably started some conversations probably – first of the summer last year um you know rj my partner he's lived in colorado for gosh like 15 years now and going back and forth and you know he's he was just getting to where he just didn't didn't want to be involved as much he did he you know the fact that he couldn't come to the races all the time and, and be there all, you know, on hand all the time and the expense of flying him in and that kind of stuff it's just was getting you know, a little tight and we you know we both of course we just went through our 25th season and we've been at it a long time and we just felt like that the timing was kind of right to do that. Um, we'd also been talking to people and talking amongst ourselves about trying to develop a national super late mile tour. And we just felt like that Bob Sargent was one of the people that could probably take that ball and really help us run with it, so to speak. Um, I mean, Bob knows a lot of people. He's got a lot of contacts in a lot of places. And it's well-respected in our business. So we just felt like it was somebody that could do more than what we could do. You know, just the two of us trying to manage four series and, and doing what we've been doing. It's been a lot of work. And, and we just felt like that having him involved and his team and the people at Spire Motorsports could, could really help grow that and help start that. So that's that's kind of the way it started. And, you know, it took a while to get it done. But, you know, it's been it's been different. It's been different, a little bit different of a changeover. I mean, I was my own boss for the last 25 years. but then people have to remind me I've been married for 30 years, so I really did have a boss for the last 30 years. <laughs> I, I got to ask you, my though. Wife yeah, no, go ahead. I said, hopefully, hopefully my wife's not listening to the show tonight. <laughs> I'm going to send her a direct <laughs> link when we get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you, though, um, you know, the late news, the, the news late last year with SRL moving uh, out of the Southwest into the Midwest and actually picking up a couple events that you guys – pretty much had your feet, you know, entrenched to for years. Uh, did that make you expedite that decision? Uh, not, not really. That didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. I mean, we were already in talks before then. Uh, we had heard that SRL was going, going looking to expand before that. I mean, we've got races, you know, we've got a good schedule, and, and we feel like, you know, things are still going in the right direction. So let's talk about Track Enterprises. Uh, I think, too, uh, that – you and RJ uh, would not have sold this to someone who you didn't think was going to continue to carry on 
and grow what you guys were doing. Uh, and so much so that you, you know, you could have walked away and, and just let this champion racing association do what it may. You could retire and hang out with your wife and, and just do whatever you want to. Uh, you got confidence in what track enterprises wants to do with champion racing Association. so much so that, uh, you're sticking around to continue your role with them. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, you know, I'm 61 years old and, uh, you know, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, but you know, I really don't have anybody in my family. RJ didn't have any, anybody in his family that really wanted to do it. So we, like you said, we were looking for somebody that we felt like could take that to the next level and keep it going. I mean, we, we invested a lot of blood, sweat and tears in this, you know, in CRA for the last 25 years. And, and we just didn't want to just give it to anybody. We don't want it to go away. You know, we wanted it to grow bigger and keep, you know, keep the, the name in the industry and, and do things. And that's one of the things that I saw was, you know, I still want to be a part of it. I still want to be involved with it. You know, I'm still, it's still my, you know, basically my job hasn't changed. I mean, I'm still doing the same things that I did the last, you know, 20 years or so that I've been doing with CRA. So really, and Bob kind of wanted that. He wanted something that was pretty much turnkey, that he didn't have to, spend a lot of time because he doesn't have a lot of time and he's got so much going on so many events that he needed it to be a turnkey business so not only myself but also you know tech director eddie chu and you know our director of operations greg wood we all agreed to stay on and and, you know just continue doing it oh you mentioned uh we've mentioned this a couple of times 25 years and of course that was uh uh looking at the arca cre super series as it is now and and that Opening right. event for this year is coming up this weekend. We'll touch touch on that in a minute. What I want to talk about is uh, at the end of last season at Nashville, this was probably one of the coolest things that I witnessed all season was a surprise to you and RJ from all the crew of CRA. Talk about that moment. Oh, gosh. Really? I mean, it was – I was totally blown away, totally surprised. I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, everybody that was involved, I mean, Greg – would kind of coordinate it with, with other people and with Adam Mackey down there. And, and a lot of people, I don't even know who I was involved to be honest with you, but you know, I just, they kept telling me and RJ that we needed to go down on the stage for pre-race. And, and, and by the way, not an easy stage to get to from where you're stationed. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was like, you know, I'm not going down there and you know, people, you have to go down there. well, fine, I'll go. <laughs> and it's quite, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm not really aggravated, but I'm kind of like, man, what am, you know, what am I going to be down here? But then the coolest thing is I walk up on stage and there's Kid Rock standing right there. That's right. <laughs> shake his hand and meet him. So it's kind of like, that's cool. And then, and then, the, you know, Adam starts his spiel and, you know, Adam starts to get choked up. I'm like, holy cow. And it starts, you know, and honestly, I was choked up. I was like, this is, you know, if it means something that much to Adam for him to get, that choked up. I was like, wow, this, this is pretty special. And then I looked down and all the officials are there and all the people there. And I was like, wow, I just, I was just totally blown away. Just and, totally blown away. It was, it was unbelievable. And what does that mean to you? I mean, when you, in that moment, have you been able to kind of go third person and look at everything and go, man, you know, Glenn Luckett and RJ Scott, we, we really did do something pretty cool. Have you been able to, I mean, I know that sounds a little conceited and selfish, but I think for me and Rich, especially, and, and a lot of people, yeah, we look at what you guys did and go, man, what would this sport be without champion racing association? Have you had a chance to look at that and kind of be proud of what you guys did? I do. I mean, I'm not a person that, that likes to, to boast and put myself above others. And, and I appreciate, you know, you saying that about you, you and rich, cause that, you know, that means a lot of people say that kind of stuff. And it's, it's been a lot of work. I mean, I could have, 
I was involved in, with PepsiCo in the restaurant business before I did this, and I tell people, I said, if I'd have stayed with him, I probably would have made a lot more money, <laughs> but I wouldn't have had as much fun. <laughs> I wouldn't have had as much right. fun. You know, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's 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 hard work. Everybody knows that that does these jobs. I mean, you go to a racetrack, it's it's all freaking day. And like <laughs> me and uh, Zach just talked about before we got on the show, you know, this past weekend. I mean, I I can't even tell you how many hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three days counting on the road and everything, but. You know, at the end of the day, you you look at what you did, and to see the racers happy, to see the fans happy, there's always going to be people that you can't make happy. I mean, I learned that a long time ago. No matter what you do, they're not going to be happy. You, you got to put those people aside, and they can't influence I, you know what you're thinking about your business. I want your wife to teach a class on how to be a racing widow, is what we call it in my family. Because uh, if your wife can deal with you being gone that long, I think any woman in America can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That might, maybe that's why we've been married for almost 30 years. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what I was going to say when Zach, when Zach was asking you uh, why you stayed on. You've been married 30 years. She doesn't want to see you at home anymore. She's used, she's used to you being gone. Well, it's funny because, you know, especially in the off-season, because I mean, we really don't have an off-season. I mean, we end up going, you know, to Florida and different places. And, you know, I'm working in my office, of course, getting sponsors. But, she, you know, she's kind of like, um, when you leave it again? Well, yeah. when, when's your next event? <laughs> Isn't it about time for you to go? <laughs> yeah, I started getting the hint. Well, yeah, I guess she, she, she needs a weekend away. <laughs> well, Glenn, uh, we, the, the race season is back underway. And as you uh, as we mentioned, uh, let's let's talk about the, the non-point uh, season that started a couple of months ago down in Georgia. Again, we saw Track Enterprise's presence in this event immediately with uh, SpeedFest kind of getting an expansion, right? This was known as the Super and Pro Late Model event. Track Enterprises says we want street stocks and modifieds there, too. Uh, and that event was really rock solid. Yeah, and I've got to give some credit to my partner, RJ. He, it was kind of his idea. Um, even before we got Track Enterprises involved, at, at one point we were going to do it. Okay. And, and we talked to Mr. Lyle, and then Mr. Lyle was peace. You know, he does a good job. He's never been really thrilled about the date that it's on, and I understand. I mean, weather's iffy, and it's, it's always a gamble, even down in Georgia. You just never know what you're going to get. But we felt like it, it, we just needed to change it up. It needed to be something different. So that's where we, uh, you know, modified some street stocks, and RJ put the, kind of put the whole plan together, and, and then they ended up, you know, they added the, uh, the legends as part of it. And the thing kind of grew. We talked to Bob, and we were in the process of, of doing the sell, and Bob says, you know, I think I want to be the promoter of that event. So we're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. You know, let's, let's get it done. So, and it, and it did, I mean, it was, it was a cool deal. I mean, a lot of race cars, a lot of good racing. Um, I think, you know, with the temperature as terrible as it was, as cold as it was, I can't imagine what the crowd would have been like if it would have been 65 or even, you know, 59 degrees and sunny. I mean, it's yeah. just, it was amazing. I mean, there were some dedicated people, especially for being down South that came out and saw that event and, the racing was awesome. I mean, great racing. And and Glenn, this weekend you were pretty fortunate uh, to get your first points season points races underway uh, down at Shady Bowl mm -hmm. with the, with the sportsmen and the street stocks. You're probably the only one on pavement that's gotten going anywhere this close to Michigan. Um, how did that week? How did the weekend go for you? Good. And that and that there again. There's another. That that's a, that was a Track Enterprises event. Also, we. We originally, that was another one that we just, we, we couldn't find a home. Uh, Lucas Oil didn't want to do the cabin fever event. So we were trying to find a place to put it. And talking with Dan Redman over at uh, Vores, who we have a great relationship and we're going to work real close. They, they suggested Shady Bow. So we went and talked to Rick and, and 
then um, Track Enterprises got involved, and they, or again, Bob stepped up and said, you know, we want to promote this event. We think it can be a good event if you get a good weekend and some decent weather. And it was cold. You know, it's cold. I missed Saturday's practice, but they said it was pretty cold. It was really cold Sunday morning. But, I mean, people, I couldn't believe. I looked down at the stands. We didn't race till 2 o'clock, and at 1030, it's not 40 degrees yet. And there's people sitting in the stands, sitting in chairs, waiting for the racing. And, and, and so, you know, I, I only know this because of my involvement with CRA. Uh, there were people begging to get in before the gates, to open, gates opened to watch practice. And that was, that was amazing oh, yeah. to me. Yep. I mean, people, you know, and Shady Bowl's like that. We, we've been racing there a long time. And, and our street stock race that we do there is just awesome. I mean, the crowds that come out. And it, to me, it, it's kind of one of these tracks kind of like Kentucky Motor Speedway and Owensboro, some of these tracks that don't get a lot of big touring series. They just do their weekly stuff. But they've got dedicated fans that, to me, are kind of like old NASCAR fans. They're a little rowdy. They like to have fun. But they come out and they like to watch the races. And when it gets rowdy on the racetrack, they really have a ball. I mean, when you know the three stock races we've had with, with Buck Bertie and Brett Hudson just banging and banging and you know, they just, they just go nuts and they love it. And that's, we figured, you know, that we, the big gamble here was doing it. Not only was the weather was doing it on Sunday afternoon because we had no idea what they were going to get on a Sunday afternoon for a Saturday night track. And people wanted to see racing. I mean, they came out and the pits were full. I mean, we had a, we had a lot of cars. There was a lot of what I call tire kickers, people from other racetracks or other racers that just want to come and hang out and just be a part of it. So it was, it was a good event, a good event for us and a great event for track enterprises. Now, I know it's a big deal coming up this weekend. Um, you're going to kick off your premier division, the Arca Series Super Series at Anderson. But I have to ask you, I wanted to, I, I had this noted down. I wanted to ask you about this. The Jake Sari All-Stars Tour, the Triple Crown at Birch Run, they are promoting the heck out of that. They're doing some special things with a bunch of money for that tour. Um, you got to be very pleased with what, what Birch Run's going to do. We had Jason Lord on the show, you know, last month, and and they're working, mm-hmm. doing everything they can for for that for that three race series. Well, we've known Jeff for a long time. I mean, we've known Jeff back on you know, Springport Day. Actually, back when he was at Birch Run the first time, and worked with Jeff a lot, and always had a great relationship with Jeff, and had had good events with him. And you know, he came to us last year. You know, was part of the track when he when we went there, and, and the event worked out good. I mean, we've always had good events at Birch Run. The facility's a great facility. The racetrack is a great track there again you get another track that's got a great group of fans that you know they like good racing they understand what's going on on the track and they want to see people in it and when we get the jegs races in michigan we've always had a pretty good core group of racers and people still know who some of those people are and they want to come out and see them so jeff recognized that and jason and came to us early i mean they came to us that fall not too far after we had that race and said look we would like to do a three race series and we had to think about it because, you know, that, that's a pretty big commitment for us to give at one track three races. And, you know, we talked about it and we talked about it and we finally said, you know, if they want to make that commitment, they want to make that effort, then, you know, we need to do that. We need to go do this. So we felt like it was a good thing. And this was even before they started, you know, the promotion stuff. And and I think it's going to be good. I mean, I think there's interest. I'm hearing people that want to, are going to go and, you know, they're going to run those three races and they're making sure that, you know, there's going to be, I mean, if a guy, if a guy, whoever wins the first race, if they elect to take the tail on the second race and win, I think it's a seven thousand dollar bonus. 
And then if they win that race and they elect to take the tail of the third race, it's twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! So <laughs> Holy smokes! Some, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, that that's a that's an interesting. I mean, to me, it's going to attack you know somebody like Brian Campbell. You know, that's got mm, you know that's going to make him think about me. You know, maybe I need to come over there and you know try that because Brian does, obviously does well in the jigs. He's our all time leading wins leader, and then the jigs tour. So. You know, it's, that that kind of stuff makes people notice. You know, the the template late model scene is is in such an interesting spot right now. And I was actually, as I was getting ready for this interview with you, I found a interview from a couple of years ago, and and the person who was conducting the interview said, you know, there was a time when nobody thought a crate late model class would work, and and now I would argue that maybe the Jegs Tour is as popular, if not more popular, than the Super Series Tour as far as drivers and fans that come out to watch. Uh, what do you think is has led to that kind of change within our sport? Uh, I, well, I, I tell people this all the time. I said the reason why the jigs is more popular to me than the super late model is because the difference between between the haves and have-nots is less than the jigs versus in the super. I mean, you're, you're not having to race against a Steven Nasi all the time or a Bubba Pollard and, and some of these bigger teams. And, and I think guys still feel like that they can take you know, the, the cost of the car is no different. I mean, the, the car itself is the same car that runs in both series. The engine's really the only thing that's different. And it is a cheaper engine. It's cheaper to maintain. And, you know, that's the only difference. So I think that people people like the crate cars. They, they I think it's less, some ways, and less maintenance on the engine, if that makes sense. You know, the rebuilds are a little bit cheaper and that type of stuff. And, and the, people like the crate engine. I mean, there's, there is drivers that have, that have moved from a crate engine to a super engine and said, I'm going to go back and run a crate. I like the crate better, you know, and, and it's challenging. A crate engine is not easy to race. If you watch those races, especially at a place like Winchester, huh. I mean, it's it just, it takes your breath away because they just don't lift. They, their <laughs> spotters are in their ear. Don't hit the brake. Don't hit the brakes. Cause as soon as you kill your momentum, yeah, you know, you kill a crate car. So it's, it's, it's an exciting racing. I mean, there's not, there's not much forgiveness there. I mean, and, you know, a super late model, you can mess up a little bit and you can make it up, you know, on the throttle, you know, on a crate engine car at these momentum tracks, you can't, I mean, you just got to keep it up. And so, so it's, I agree with you. I mean, if there was, there was a lot of, and there's still people out there that hate it, you know, we don't like, I'm like, well, in today's times where, where, where things aren't, you know, it used to be that everybody had a mechanic in their family and somebody that worked on these cars. You don't have that anymore. And the, and the, the, the simpler you make it for these guys to race, I think the better it is because, you know, they, it's, less work on that type engine, you know, you don't have to tune it, you know, you just go race it. I mean, that's all you have to do to it. So I think that helps in that, in that department. So you have uh, the, the Jake's tour, which is very successful, great event for the street stocks and late model sportsmen. And now Glenn, you have the double edged sword of Jegs racing is affordable. A lot of people are doing it. And now we look to the top tier in the Arca CRE super series and, and probably a little bit more difficult conversation. Now, what, what do we as an industry or we as an organization or, 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 I mean, anybody, what do we have to do to, to help that super series? I think that everybody can admit that numbers were down last year from where we'd like to have seen them. So what's it oh, going to, yeah. what's it going to yep. take to help that series? Well, the thing, the thing that's happened, the main thing is just the, the, the pot that we pull drivers from is just really shrunk. I mean, people, you know, it's expensive. I mean, at all rate, there's really no such thing as, you know, really cheap racing. I mean, you'll get a, you know, some of these crown Vicks and that type of stuff, which is great because all those racetracks need that. They need a beginner's class. Mm-hmm. 
but the super late models, I mean, and that's one of the things we talked about in our going with track enterprises is, is one thing that we think that we need to do is we need to be able to pull drivers from across the United States for these big events. You know, we just can't have a, a small event, a small track because you got to get drivers from a lot more. It used to be, you had, you know, you had tracks in Indiana, tracks in Michigan that were racing super late models weekly that we could go pick up. Well, there's not a single track in Indiana that races super late, and the only track in Michigan that really does it is Berlin. So there's just there's not that big pot to pull from. So we've got to go. Re, it's got to get bigger. Well, in order to do that, we've got to have bigger events. They, you know, they need we need the events to be like the Red Bud 400, the Winchester 400. I mean, it's got to be a big event where the drivers come in, they make good money, and there's a lot of attention, and they get a lot of promotion, and we build local heroes back. I mean, we need. We need the old ASA tour is the best way to word it. I mean, we need something like that again. And I think that's what the direction that Bob wants to go. And I think that'll help super late model racing. And Glenn, by, by big event, you mean a bunch of zeros behind the winner's check and a couple extra zeros yep. on the entry fee on, on what, what it is to start the race too, right? Yeah. It's gotta be, you know, guys gotta be able to travel. Cause yeah, I mean, that's the tree. That's the trick is you gotta make it worth a guy to drive from Texas you got to drive from Florida, got to drive from California to come to Anderson, Indiana, to come to Winchester, Indiana, to come to Jennerstown, Pennsylvania, wherever the event is, you know, you've got to make it to where, and it's not only just the money, it's the recognition. I mean, a guy wants to know that, you know, this is a, this is a big deal. You know, a lot of these big, you know, you can throw money at races and that doesn't always work. You know, there's people want to be a part of something big. And when you can do that and you can promote it and they think that, you know, Hey, if I win this race, people are going to know who I am. I mean, I think that's what helps the Red Bud. That's what helps Winchester 400. And that's definitely what helps the Snowball Derby. Because there's so many guys that have won the Snowball Derby and end up in a Cowboys truck or, you know, something else that, you know, that's that's a goal. You know, that's, if I win that, I, I'm, I'm king of the world. So if you get that kind of recognition, I think that helps a lot too. Now, we've talked about this on the show, Glenn, and, and I have not had this conversation with you, but we have talked on the show, and I think specifically it was after last year's Salem race, and we don't need to revisit that in depth, but I think that we said the ARCA CRA Super Series in the future becomes a specials-only series where you're only hosting races for a certain amount of zeros. Do you? That's what I'm hearing. It sounds like you are seeing in the future yep. as well. Yeah, I, th- and I think that's what it's got to be. I mean, I just think, and you know, not to say that can't be the same thing for the for a, you know a national crate late model tour too. We've talked about that. I mean, really, our Jigs tour is really the only what I would call big touring crate late model series right now. I mean, they've got a great deal down in Nashville. Obviously, I mean, we got almost what thirty six cars there yeah. this weekend. Yeah, that was great for, for just a local race. Yeah, for a local race, which is awesome, and and a lot of new names. That's the really good thing is That's how right. many guys I looked out the roster. I'm thinking, wow, I've never heard of this guy. And how about too, Glenn, good. on I mean, that vein, guys that are crossing over? You got Buddy Kofoids and uh, and Cody Swanson's last year, who are are leaving some not leaving, but they're they're moving out of some really popular dirt rides and checking out the pro late model division. Yeah, and I think people people are recognizing that with the with the cars and the drivers in these series that that they can get some good experience. You can take a guy like like Buddy and say, "Hey, you know, you've been in a midget, you've done well. Let's put you in a late model because a late model, you know, I'm not putting anything against an ARCA car or anything against a Cup car. Which I know you know the Cup cars I think is a lot different than what it used to be, but those cars to me I think are a little easier to drive than a super late model because the horsepower to weight difference is so different than what those big what I, some guys call sleds you know around yeah. the racetrack and you got to learn to drive those things 
and it takes some skill. It takes some talent. And I think a guy like Kyle Busch, I mean, I, you know, I've had conversations with Kyle and said, those were the funnest cars I've ever drove. He said, that, <laughs> so that's for that. That's why for so many years he came back and raced with. Us. Yeah. And, and, the, and the reason why he doesn't do it now, mostly just because of Braxton. I mean, he's got his son, you know, between what he's got to race and, and his son racing, he doesn't have time to do it anymore. But, you know, we had conversations about that. And I think that's true. I mean, I think those cars teach people a lot. I mean, you can see if a guy's good in a super late model and he can win races at some of these challenging tracks we go to, they can race anything, in my opinion. So let's talk about the uh, the final question here is going to be uh, a ki- kind of that same vein with what do we do for, for the Super Series. What are, What is Champion Racing Association? Are you guys looking at anything right now? Uh, a, a, again, the current climate of the world is much different than it was one year ago, two years ago, definitely, even three years ago. Uh, tires, are, tires are up, fuel's up, everything's up right now. Uh, what is Champion Racing Association looking at, or, or what sort of things do you guys have in place to try to protect your teams and, and make it through this season? Well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, the thing is, it just it came so quick. I mean, yeah. I was talking to uh, a team out of Nashville this past weekend, and it's a development team, and, and, you know, he's telling me, he said, you know, I had all these budgets, and we did all these deals back before Snowball Derby, and he said the world has changed so much in that shortest time, I mean, yeah, tires were prices were already going up, but just the cost of everything else just went up so high. He said, you know, flights to fly through people to, to races, just gasoline. He said it, it costs twice as much now for a hauler to go, you know, from North Carolina to Pensacola or wherever. He said, you know, that's, he said, that's shaken up. And I think what's going to happen is and we, we, you know, we have less races, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, we have a few less, not a lot, but we do have less races this year. And part of that was thinking that, you know, the guys aren't going to be able to afford where they used to could afford to race maybe 12 races, 14 races. Maybe we just need to look at 10 races or nine races. You know, it's, it's got, you've got to make it to where these guys can still race. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. I think you're going to see, and we were lucky last year. We were very lucky with the tires. We, we really didn't feel effect till the end of the season as far as rationing. And this year we're going to be that way all season. I mean, we, we, you know, even if Hoosier doesn't tell us, I still think that we need to do it because we need to be, you know, like everybody else, and we need to be ready because, you know, we who knows what's going to happen in the next six months. Do you foresee so, any, yeah. uh, any? you mentioned tire rations, do you foresee cutting practice times or, or two-day events becoming one-day events or anything like that? I think so. I mean, we saw we saw some of that last year, and I think you'll know, continue to see that. I mean, some of the promoters, you know, and they, you know, it's, it's a tough deal for us because we go in and we sell a show to a racetrack and, you know, they've got to recoup their money. So, you know, they want to, you know, some of them see it that, you know, we need to have a practice day because obviously that, that brings them some money. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a tough deal to go in between and, and you go, you, if you went and asked 10 teams, do you want a practice day or you don't, it'd probably be five of them say yes and five of them say no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's just the way it is, you know, and it's, it's hard. Let's, we go back to that hard to please everything, but you know, we, we, we talk with promoters, all that, something else, you know, we've talked about maybe, uh, maybe making races shorter, you know, do we need to make some of these races shorter? And that's some conversations that I'm going to have with some drivers, with some teams and, and with some promoters. I mean, you know, does that, the first thing I want to go to a team and, and really ask, and not, you know, not the high dollar teams, but the low dollar teams or the medium dollar teams, because those are the ones we got to rely on all year. You know, what can we do to, to keep you racing? I mean, the first thing I always tell, and I've been doing this forever, is don't tear your race car up. Yeah. <laughs> don't wreck your race car. <laughs> do me a favor and don't you know, put it in the fence. 
Yeah, because it's, you know, because that stuff, I mean, I've, you know, I've talked, I'm, you know, even people, we were talking to people at Shady Bow, and they're like, well, you know, I've been waiting for this part, and I've been waiting for this, and yeah. there's still people waiting for engines to get done. I mean, you know, all that, you know, the whole world is, is things are behind. I don't know anybody that's, you know, caught up or anywhere close to it. Everything's behind, and it's going to take a long time for it to catch up. So, racers can help themselves, too. You know, they, they need to try to race as clean as they can, uh, smart as they can. And, you know, I tell people this all the time that the best racers that I've ever seen like that are, are the guys from Wisconsin. If you go, you know, see those guys race and, and they still have that mentality where those guys will race Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, some of them. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that unless you take care of your equipment. And, you know, those guys race clean. I mean, they race clean and that's, you know, they all work on their own race cars. So they know they got to take care of their stuff. So, if, you know, guys would get that mentality and say, look, I've, you know, I've got, I can't do stupid things because, They've got to keep racing. If they don't keep racing, we're not going to be racing. Tracks aren't going to be racing. So it, it's kind of a domino effect. It's got to start with those guys and start with us. I mean, we've got to, we've got to enforce, you know, guys, you know, not doing stupid things on the racetrack, you know, not rough driving. Uh, and then maybe we need to look, like I said, you know, cutting laps, finding ways to, to cut their costs a little bit because I don't see any racetracks that are making a whole lot of money right now. So it, it's hard to go to the racetracks and ask them to pay more money. And their costs are going up as well, you know, for, for food and, you know, everything. I mean, it's so hard to find people to even work, you know, even at a racetrack. It, you know, we saw that this past weekend. And it's, you know, it's tough. It's tough for everybody. You know, Glenn, to, to wrap this up, I just got to say it's a whole lot different standing, talking to you, telling me you got to take care of your race car. Then after I put the helmet on, fire the engine. <laughs> and then get me out there it's a whole different story trust me <laughs> things oh, change you, once you get strapped in that race car yeah well i've always said you know it's the blood loss when you put that strap on that <laughs> helmet <and> you... <laughs> the blood loss to the head you know they just don't think right so. well glenn in in closing it is exciting 26th season of racing for the arca super series coming up this weekend uh do you want to give us a quick preview of that uh, from sale or from uh, anderson well, you know, of course, Anderson's our home away from home. That's where we, we've ran the most. Well, we always look forward to going up there. And, you know, with Rick Dawson and, and the whole crew up there, they do a great job and great people. And Anderson is another one of those racetracks where you've got a lot of race fans. And they've been there for a long time. And they like to see good racing. I mean, it's a it's a tight little quarter mile. There's there's guys that like to go there. There's guys that don't, don't, you know, don't go there. But the good thing is you don't have to have a whole lot of race cars to have a good race there. So. That's right. You know, we've always have good races there and it's, you know, it's the weather's a little iffy right now or we're talking with Rick and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. Saturday's high. I think right now it's 42 with snow showers. So dang. Yeah. We're (laughs) looking, we're looking at some some possible other options and we should know something probably hopefully tomorrow or Wednesday at the absolute latest. Keep an eye on. I was going to say, I I hope Zach has a great time on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Keep an eye on CRA-racing.com for more info. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our Facebook page. Cause yeah, we, you know, we're, we're looking at some options and we're talking with Rick and you know, this, it's always this time of year is always that way. I mean, April, April's a crapshoot. You just never know. And kind of like October. I mean, you get one, one day it's, you know, 80 degrees. The next day it's 40 degrees and you know, the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour or something. I mean, you just, you just never know. So you gotta, you gotta be ready for that, but people are dying to come out and see races. I mean, we saw that this past weekend. So 
you know, both both the Nashville show and the Shady Bowl show, both that great crowd. So people are anxious and ready to come see it. Well, Glenn, it's always a pleasure, man. Again, congratulations on a great weekend with the Late Model Sportsman and CRA Street Stocks. Again, ARCA CRA Super Series uh, this weekend. Uh, April 9th is the scheduled date for Saturday at Anderson Speedway. And then JEG CRA All-Stars Tours kick off their points season opener two weeks after that at Salem Speedway in Salem, Indiana on Sunday, April 24th. Glenn Luckett, always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, guys. It's great being on here. I appreciate it. Well, uh, looking at the watch here, holy smokes. <laughs> what a show tonight, Rich France. What a show. So, somebody's late and somebody's mad. I'm going to let you guess who are, who's the, who those belong to. <laughs> yeah, uh, the door is being kicked in as we speak, I think. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, this was a great show. Hats off to Rusty Schlank and Glenn Luckett. Uh, really do appreciate them. And, and, and I do want to say, if you enjoyed tonight's show, be sure to share it in front of your friends. If you're listening on SoundCloud, there's a direct share link there that you can share to your friends. If you're listening on Spotify or Google Music or anything like that, share with your friends as we uh, get into the race season, Rich. We're going to have more interviews like this talking about racing from all sides of the coin. That's what we do here at Horsepower Happenings. And uh, really, actually, do need to mention, too, that uh, local racing scheduled to come to our area again this weekend. A couple of things uh, that are scheduled to be around the, our neck of the woods. Well, let's let's jump on the dirt side. I'll do that, Zach. Um, we're going to try it again this weekend. The Player Hater Wild West Shootout. They might have some snow somewhere along the line from what I see. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's Friday and Saturday. That is the rescheduled date from last weekend. Uh, $3,000 to the late model winner i think 2000 for the imca modifieds so keep an eye on that this friday and saturday the wild west shootout at winston uh attica raceway park they're going to give it another shot uh but this week a little different friday a 745 start all-star circuit of champion sprint cars six thousand dollars to win and ump late models on friday night and then on saturday a 5 p.m start round two for the all-star circuit of champions they'll have a double header $6,000 to win the second night, along with the 305 sprints on tap on Saturday. And as we talked about with Glenn, the ARCA CRA Super Series points opener scheduled to run at Anderson Speedway. And as they alluded to, uh, that race, not in jeopardy, but in limbo a little bit right now. So keep an eye on everything. Uh, there's a possibility that that race could change uh, with the with the forecast of the weekend. So just keep an eye on that as things move along. And then, Rich, uh, if if by chance you can't get anywhere around here this weekend, uh, some pretty good stuff on tap down south at Five Flag Speedway, Southern Super Series doubleheader, 100-lap features on Friday and Saturday. I got a sneaking suspicion you'll have the Racing America subscription fired up this weekend. I can almost count on it if the weather forecast is going to <laughs> stick the way it's supposed to. But, uh, you know, I... I, I the Southern Super Series, they, they provided some great racing so far this year, this, uh, this year, Zach. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang with this and watch, and it's going to be every week until Bubba loses. How about that? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> uh, he, he's come back, and I, and I want to see how long it lasts. I, I want to see, see if he can come back and, uh, and bounce back, really. 
And he, so far in the first three events, he's done really well. By the way, Bubba Pollard, it was announced today, leads the SRX driver poll. I saw that. For Nashville. So, no, uh, I, no, I did not call in 25 times, okay? I did not call in. <laughs> Using different email addresses and everything, right? Yeah, Yes, I could. All of my accounts maxed me out. I couldn't have any more. <laughs> well, Rich, uh, as we mentioned, it was a fantastic show. Caps off again to Rusty Schlenk and Glenn Luckett for joining us tonight. Get to a racetrack, folks. It's time to go racing. Uh, our friend Derek uh, posted in our Horsepower Happenings group today. He said, I got three tiers of racetracks. I'm going somewhere this weekend. I'm over it. It's time to go racing. Hope you'll get your backside trackside. For Rich France, my co-host, for Scott Menland, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to Horsepower Happenings. We'll be back same time, same place next week, right here. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.